Welcome to Out of Game, a podcast featuring unique segments and discussions about board games, card games, RPGs, gamers, and gamer culture. Here are your hosts, Ryan, Chris, and Tim, as they go out of game. Welcome to episode 47 of Out of Game. This is Ryan. This is Chris. This is Tim. And we are a podcast about board, board games. games. Board games. Today, Stable Talk, we're going to be answering or responding to a listener question as an entire Table Talk topic. It was that good of a question. And the question is revisiting what makes a game classic. The word classic in air quotes. Classic, quote unquote. But before we talk about that... Let's jump into the spawn point. Spawn point. So Chris just remembered what a spawn point was about. So let's start there. Well, before we get to that, Uh-oh. let's talk about the contest. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Reminder. So here's a reminder. We have until February 1st to get our entries in for the Keyforge giveaway. Every entry received will be eligible for one Unit. I don't know what the word entry. Is. One entry. entry. Each entry will be re- will represent an entry. Yeah, that's really good English. Is you know if so, you, if, you, if this was a much richer podcast, I'd say you'd send someone an actual key, mm-hmm. and then they'd have to come meet somewhere and then try that key on some kind of treasure chest Ooh. to see if they won the key forge. Well, I like that. But yeah, we don't got to. It says too much. No. But yeah, so uh, the instructions are on our Facebook page, so you can like the Angriest Angel Facebook page for an entry. You can add Angry Angel to your Goodreads, or you can leave an Amazon review for five entries. Every entry is one entry. Except for the Amazon review, it's five. Except for the Amazon. Every entry on Amazon is five entries. Yes. Yeah. And it's a good read. It's a good read. It's Thank a very you. good read. Yeah. Yeah, we got a Kirkus star. Not a lot of people know what that is, but it just means it was uh, very highly rated. What would be the equivalent in like the board game world of a Kirkus star? Like hitting number Ooh, was like a Yalspear. Uh, I think being number one on board, being number one at Board Game Geek probably, or being like in the top five. It, yeah. It's it's a popular. It's a quality measurement more so than a like sales hitting the measurement. top twenty. Yeah, hitting the top twenty. That would be yeah. that would be good. So yeah, it's a it's a good book. But the key is that we're giving away Key Forge free copy. The key is the Key Forge, and the entry is an entry. Okay, so let's get into the spawn point. So uh, I want to talk about a game we played recently called. Uh, Red Planet. Mission Red Planet? Mission Red Planet, yeah. Mission hey, Red Planet. When did you guys play this? Was this one I was, this was there? This was the last session again. That Who you brought were it? There. Um, was that was, Joel's copy? I think or it was, was it? a Ross. A Ross? Huh. So, so you remember, so a little background on Mission Red Planet. So <laughs> yeah. Ryan, Ryan um, he's very good at knowing what games I'll like and not like. And he knew I wasn't going to like this game. It just, it, the game isn't. It was a magic number game. They, they weren't thinking of me when it was. <laughs> <laughs> he needed a knock, but you've knocked off magic number games without me, but you purposely didn't tell me that you knew I wouldn't like it. <laughs> and so I played this game and I started just ripping it halfway through. And then Ryan just like kind of nodded like, you knew, yeah. you knew this was coming anyway. So we had, was it five of us left and, um, yeah. two. So it was, I didn't want to play. I think Tim and Nick were neutral. Nick had never played it, and you were sort of on the fence. And Joel and Ross liked the game and wanted to play. They actively liked it. In fact, 
or Ross was trying to evangelize Nick because Nick had never played it and trying to talk him into it. And when Heather so, was there too. Well, that's right. Heather was there and Heather didn't really have an opinion either. She was like, whatever. So we played the game and it was annoying and random just like before. So, you know, we're, it's cult express in space, we'll call it. So we're playing this game and a Ross, or no, wait. So <laughs> I don't know if I want to get into the Bumble thing, but a Ross got onto Bumble, created a Bumble account in the middle of the game. And he was the one pushing the game. I was complaining about the game from the beginning. Nick, who had never played before, started realizing the mechanic was bad and complained maybe 15 minutes into it. I think Tim was sort of okay with it, but you could see people were starting to check out. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was okay with quitting, too, but we didn't want to. And Heather was more she interested was, in talking about she, Dave's book. I think. Yeah, well, and she she was done. She she realized she was, real quickly when some things happened against her early on that she had no control over. She it, was like, it was I'm, a, I'm out. There was no control. Yeah. yeah. And then, so it was really Joel, who was, he was an apologist for the game. And Aras, who was tr- he was trying to talk everybody into having fun, so eventually Joel got screwed by a card. It was one of those cards that you um, you put under yeah. the board, face down, one and you reveal it. Cards or whatever. Yeah, and and it, he realized it completely derailed his entire strategy, <laughs> and it was randomly put there. So he was pissed at the game, and he was the one touting the game the whole time. Yeah, and Aras was more focused on his phone, <laughs> swiping. Than he was on the game, and so we uh, did. We even finish it. Yeah, I was told I won. Oh, that's right. So Tim, oh, this <laughs> which is, is even thing. better. This so, is even better. So, and this is something so, I, I want to ask you about. It's in ten rounds, so it's it's played over ten rounds. I played through round six, and then, but here's what Tim did after round six. All of a sudden, he stands up and he goes, "All right, I'm out," <laughs> and we're playing at his house. And it, what do you mean you're out? Oh, I got to go to a hockey game. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like this, I don't know if anybody knew about this. So Tim leaves his own house in the middle of this game, and we're staring at each other. <laughs> like, what do we do now? Well, I, I don't think any of us knew that. No, well, what happened is it was supposed to be at Nathan's uh, because I had the hockey game, and then Nathan had to work late and couldn't come. So I was like, we either cancel it entirely or sure. you guys come to my house. Sure, but so I, I was like, I don't think we knew. No, I, like, I kind of just left that part off. Yeah, all of a sudden, you're, you're then, just standing yeah. out. <laughs> And then Tim leaves in the middle of the game. So we said, all right, we'll just random. Because I was playing the game the way I did Sushi Go. I was randomizing my cards. I was letting uh, uh, Joel and Heather pick them every turn. And I think I was in third, second or third place. Yeah. You were too bad. And then Tim, I just said, we'll just do the same thing for him. And he ended up winning the game. Yeah. So, the, so I, I was not there for the last four rounds and still ended up winning yeah. the game. Yeah, Ra- random pl- card placement. Nope. So... Um, that's my spawn point. I wow. just thought you'd enjoy that. So did yeah. you stay and play more games after Tim left? Yeah, it was, um, called, it was called Bumble. No, <laughs> that was it. After we, the, yeah. the red, game of Red Planet lasted a long time. You bumbled for a while afterwards, didn't you? Well, Aras did. We were yeah. fascinated by his yeah. his profile <laughs> and like the things he was saying on there. So. All right, so my spawn point is about two games. And you may not understand the connection between these two games at first, but the two games are Gloomhaven and Fireball Island, which I'm renaming to Gloomhaven, spelled G-L-U-E, and Firebox Island. And this is why. Okay. <laughs> These are two games that were big Kickstarters that I spent a lot of money on that there were some poor decisions made in the production that are really annoying. So Gloomhaven, the cardboard pieces on, in Gloomhaven, <laughs> so I didn't even know this was possible. So if you have like a cardboard standee, there's like a piece of cardboard and then there's a little piece of paper on either side of it that has like the picture. Right, right. So in many of my pieces in Gloomhaven, that picture has come off oh. of the cardboard. 
not just the standees, but the actual boards, like the big map boards. Wow. So I literally have had to glue, like buy like Elmer's glue, like special paper glue to to paste my pieces back together. Wow. Okay. That's bad. That's yeah. like the, so this is, this is the same quality that when I buy my kids stickers, they're not stickers. They should be called unstickers <laughs> Yeah, because you put them on the paper and in about, I don't know. 10 minutes, they're starting to roll up and come off the paper. Yeah. So they've saved probably a half a cent on the glue application on the back and just went super cheap on it so they they don't actually stick. Yeah. So just imagine that. You have a board game and the, the literally the, wow. the art is like peeling off the game. So I'll like, I'll like open a box of standees and then all the the paper from the standees just like in the box separately. Oh my God, that's horrible. And I had to like glue it all. So that's Gloomhaven. Now... Fireball Island. I don't know if you've noticed this, Tim, but the box. Oh, the box is a piece of crap. Yeah, the box for Fireball Island is like <laughs> it's 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 like a JC Penny yes. box that it's you, they, box. you put your shirt in after you bought it and they gave it to you in a gift box. It's that kind of really foldy. It's like a double, maybe double the thickness of those. Yeah. But it's like the same, it like folds in. Yeah. It's like this really junky box. So when I was at BGG Con, I, I they actually had a, a couple of copies of Fireball Island there. And I kept seeing this box, and I was thinking, oh, these must just be like advanced copies or prototype versions of the game. And then my game came, and that was the box that was in. Yeah. So it's like this amazingly produced game in like the junkiest box I have on any of my board games. Yeah, it's horrible. It's yeah, it's, it's, it's to the point that it doesn't even really, it's like it doesn't retain its shape. Once you could <laughs> put it there, the, the, the edges start to kind of like want to fold in. Right. And it's it's horrible. Yeah, I, I feel like, like you said, I should go get a sweater and put it in there instead. Doesn't it seem like that's the one thing they should get right? Yes. And, yeah, and the like, box is key. There are other games. The boxes are really nice. It's actually ironic because it, at BGGCon, we were talking about which companies have the best boxes. And we actually said this company, Restoration Games, had the best. Because usually their boxes are very thick. They're like embossed. Yeah. They're really nice. And then they they came out on Kickstarter and said... They made a decision. Like it was their their staff was split on if they should go with a better box or not, and they decided on this box, probably for money or whatever. Oh, oh it's always the driving factor. But that it was the wrong decision, and they can't unring the bell. But it's like everyone gets this junky box. I'm calling it Firebox Island because yeah. you should just set the box on fire. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I, I've I found too that I I can't actually get the components back in the box well either. It's like oh, just a little too small. There needs to be like one little bit more space so that. The lid's not getting bowed up by Volcar or whatever, and I don't know, I'm having a hard time packing that. I might need a little tutelage from you on packing it because I'm sure you've got it to the point that's like <laughs> pristine in there. So I have mine out, still sitting out, and I've not put it back in the yeah, box. Let yet. me know how that packing goes because yeah. it, it doesn't they, go. They in as actually clean. posted about the best way to do it, but I don't know. Okay, do you have any of the expansions? No, I just bought the I, I just bought the base game, and I was okay. like, okay, make sure the kids enjoy this before I. And yeah, honestly, the other expansions didn't really. Grab my attention, but the only other thing would be grabbing the uh, you know the Indiana Jones looking guy as uh, as another player to have a fifth player. Oh yeah, but other than that, uh, I was pretty happy with just the base. The ship looks fun. There's like a ship where you shoot marbles from the ship onto the island. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm I'm saving the expansions. I'm gonna roll them out slowly to oh, the yeah. kids. You yeah. know, like let them enjoy Volcar by himself for now. So, so here's the thing. I'm I'm listening to this and I'm thinking, you know, it seems like this is something that is easy to get right. Getting the box, like yeah. you're you're making a game. I mean, I get stuff shipped from Amazon. The boxes hold together pretty well. They they can't make a. It's it's kind of like if I um, 
if I had if I put out a book on organizational skills, does that mean, would you guys buy that book? I have no organizational skills. Nobody wants my advice on how to make yourself more organized. Or like yeah. John Candy trying to sell you a gym fitness set. <laughs> yes, exactly. I don't know. Like nobody's going to go to like The Rock to become like a uh, get a master's degree in, in high finance. He's actually a smart man. I know, but he, but my point is that he's not. It's not the kind of guy that you would associate with education. You know, wrestling, sure. Training, sure. What is happening? Okay. Boxes that don't work? <laughs> so In a gaming company? Back to the boxes, yeah. That is strange. <laughs> it, it's, it just seems so easy to get right. Yeah. So it's unfortunate. They did say, not that this really helps the people who spent money on the game, but I guess we're getting some sort of discount on like the broken token I'm assuming they're going to make well, a they, box. I was going to say, they're going to make a whole box. I think they're going to make a box. So it's probably going to be like $200. That ain't it, worth it. You know, I'll, I'll take one of my leftover Amazon boxes and throw it in there. <laughs> I mean, it's. I mean, the boxes, it's. I don't think it's going to fall apart, but it's just cheap. Yeah. It's much cheaper than any other box it's, I have. It's not going to stand up to a lot of wear. I, I, yeah. I, I think this is one of those that could start falling apart. You have to be really careful with it. So that, it's just sad because they finally restore this game that people have yeah. wanted forever, and then they put it in this junky box. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Gloomhaven, you know, I can give him a little slack. I, I don't know what happened there, but he's kind of like a new company. This was... His first huge project. Still, probably what it was is glue option one and glue option two, and they went with the cheaper option. And, yeah. You know, I that's, don't know. that's the American economy. Do it as cheaply as you can, just enough to get by, and then we'll, well deal with the Well, part of that is our fault, later. though, as consumers, because we want things cheap. You know, we, want to, we don't want to pay a lot of money for something that we could get cheaper. I mean, it's just, you see that everywhere. Yeah. But yeah. these were games that we, I think we paid a premium for like yeah. glue. Oh, yeah. Even, they're both a hundred dollars or more. Yeah. So yeah, you'd think they'd get the glue, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You pay that kind of money. Uh, I'd expect that to, you know, I'd be shocked that they weren't actual just miniatures as opposed to paper on cardboard. Anyways, that, uh, I just wanted to point that out that not all these Kickstarters that are quoted as deluxe end up being as deluxe as you think. It makes me want to just wait till the Kickstarters are over and then... I've been doing good at Then you'll get all the stretch goals. Yeah, what stretch goals would those be? Actually, I don't think... Well, Fireball Island had some extra cards and stuff, I think. You got those... Uh, I got the extra marble dice and... Yeah. Uh, not dice, I'm sorry. The extra marble the marbles. marbles. Yeah. yeah, you know, I could have bought those at any store for like a... Yeah, they're just marbles. Yeah, that brings just, up an interesting marbles. point I want to ask Ryan. So do you do Kickstarters for the stretch goals or just for saying you're part of it? No, I do it for the stretch goals. Oh, really? I do it for okay. the extra stuff, and um, especially if there's like a deluxe version, because I find myself wanting the deluxe version if I like the game, and then you can't get it if you didn't back the Kickstarter. Okay. I was under the impression a lot of people did Kickstarters. They like the feeling of being part of something as it grows and explodes, and they could say they were sort nah. of there for the journey. I mean, I do like when you back a Kickstarter. I like getting the updates and stuff, but it's not like because I want to feel like I'm part of the game. Hmm. It's just like a, I don't know. It's just interesting to me to see the game progress and get it, but I don't care. Like if they're going to put my name in the book, I don't care. So I only did this once. It was the beam butter sprayer. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, the butter sprayer. Yeah. You know, I wanted to be part of it. It's like this great new invention. And I wanted to be, you know, like an early adopter. You know, I'm going <laughs> to evangelize people. I'm going to be spraying butter with this thing. This thing is awesome. They, they started clogging. So there's like a, I don't know if it's a design flaw or whatever. So for me, it, it was more about 
I like the idea of being part of something when it explodes in something big and saying you were there. But I, I backed the fir- yeah. I backed the original Fidget Cube. Did you really? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. like a huge thing right. now. It is. Yeah, who would have thought? OG. All right, Tim, do you got anything? Uh, no, just uh, we're getting to the, the colder months here, so I'm just getting back into my her start stuff and uh, building some little village houses and stuff like that. I need a, I need a good setup for taking pictures, you know, so I can like get some nice pictures. Maybe like a bathroom wall. Uh, you know, actually, I am working in the uh, bedroom area and working my way towards the bathroom. Wait a That's the wrong room. I know, but the problem is I need a plumber for that room, so. Uh, I'm going to get a shower base and then we'll kind of continue from there. I kind of need how, to get a, how much does the plumber cost? Plumber. Uh, probably a grand or two. So if I pay for the plumber, let's say, like how many pizzas would that be in, into the future that I would, I would be eating free? Uh, thousand, thousand divided. Thousand dollars pretty much for the rest of the time we play. So I would consider it. <laughs> if, if that's the bottleneck, I, I, I might come, come in. That would be nice to just have every time you get a pizza, you don't have to pay anymore. Yeah. It's like prepaying for your yeah. pizza and you get a bathroom. And you get a bathroom. I know. Well, yeah. That's the key thing. I, so I might, I might sponsor the oh, bathroom. Okay. okay. <laughs> the, the, the Chris GoFundMe bathroom. That's right. You have to have a mural of Chris in the bathroom, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right across on the wall, like a big uh, fat head of Chris. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because everybody wants that. <laughs> yeah, I want to look into Chris's eyes while I'm urinating. <laughs> Can you say that? I don't know. I think Future Run has to believe that. <laughs> yeah, probably. Are we done spawn pointing? Let's let's move on. I think so. Let's move it on. All right, moving on to our table talk. Table talk. I'm Eric Summerer, and you're listening to Out of Game, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. Yeah, it just got real. Find this and other great podcasts at DicetowerNetwork.com. All right, so we had an email come in. This email is from Man. Manuel. Manuel. I think he also wrote his name as Man. He's the man. man. The man. He's the man. One of my favorite feedback emails I've ever received. Yes, it's one of the better ones. And this goes to show you, if you give us a good question, send us some questions in email, we could dedicate an entire episode to that question. Yeah, and what I liked about this feedback was I feel like we were challenged a little bit. He did. He threw down the gauntlet. He did. And rightly so. Yeah, I agree. I agreed with his feedback after reading it. So we're going to read his email. It's a little bit long, but I, I tried to figure out what we could cut out of it. And it was very succinct, even though it was maybe a little lengthy. He made his point well. Let's do it. So he says, cue epic music. Hey, Ryan and crew. I love your show. Your voice is unique and deserves... Okay, let's skip that. Hey, Ryan and crew. What, you don't, can't, can't take compliments? What's up it's with that? It's weird to read a compliment. Thanks for liking our show, Manuel. <laughs> <laughs> with that said, I think you should re-examine a recent question. I think you did a good job, but failed to go the real distance. Here was the original question. What makes a game classic and what games will become classics in time? Maybe I missed it, but I think you breezed by the definition of classic. So I looked up the word classic as a starting point. Classic. Judged over a period of time to be of the highest quality and outstanding of its kind. Synonyms. Definitive, authoritative, outstanding, first rate, best, finest, excellent, superior, masterly. I'm not sure you latched on to the term quality. Then came what I feel was a big misstep. You brought up Monopoly. 
you argue that Monopoly has stood the test of time. That seemed to be the consensus of the group. A classic game would be a game that has stood the test of time. Now, if we accept that definition, we're in for a really boring conversation. And I know you guys aren't doing this so we can listen to boring conversations. OG is better than that. And for the record, you guys handled the question quite well. Please don't take this as an attack. I just wanted to hear about modern board games. I'll even go out on a limb here. I think the OOG audience is interested in modern board games. We don't want to hear about Monopoly. In general, we don't like it. It's merely an okay game. I'll grant you that it's popular and on the shelves everywhere, but it hasn't stood the test of time in terms of excellence. So many games have surpassed it. They do everything so much better. I don't consider it a classic. At one point it was. Instead, I consider it the McDonald's of board games. Sure, it's popular. Sure, it's a household name. But when you want to talk about the best restaurants in the world, McDonald's shouldn't even enter into the conversation. So, I ask you to revisit the question and let me make an addition. What modern board games are destined to become classics? And by classic, I mean judged over a period of time to be of the highest quality and outstanding of its kind. I'm not interested in what games will become household names and break through to the mainstream. I'm talking about games that modern board gamers will come back to again and again over the years. I really feel you need to judge this with your audience in mind and put forward a list of games you can stand behind without losing confidence in. I'm looking forward to your predictions. Thanks, and keep up the good work. So what a great email, first of all. So as I read this, I flipped back and forth several times over how I felt about it because uh, he does mention standing the test of time as a criteria. Mm -hmm. And Monopoly does fit that. But his McDonald's comparison is spot on. Yeah, I mean, McDonald's is the most popular restaurant probably if you look at the stats. But would you consider that classic in terms of quality? No. So I completely 100% get his point. And I think we should revisit the question with the idea of quality. Right. And I think his point about saying the test of time, we were looking at, we were looking at it as more of like in the mainstream market. And what he's saying is let's just focus on board gamers only. Right. And what game will stand the test of time in our minds, regardless of whether it breaks through into the mass market as like a best selling game, but like the, the game itself in terms of quality stands the test uh, well, of time. But those, okay, so I'm, I'm going back to those are two different things again. So otherwise, you could say if they're playing Exploding Kittens 20 years from now, that that's a classic game. And I don't think any of us would say that we think that's a quality game. So even if it's among gamers and even if it's got longevity, I don't think that's good enough. The whole point of the conversation and the reason opinions are interesting is to talk about what we think is a classic game. And I I like Manuel's criteria of using quality as the determining factor. Okay, so let's talk about quality first. What are some things that make a game a quality game? I think playing, being able to play a game more than once and having different outcomes, something that makes you want to come back to the game. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, in our last podcast, you had mentioned there was a game that you played that you checked out of. You tried really hard to get into it, but the rules were so bizarre that you'll you'll never play that game again. So that that's like the opposite of what we're talking about. We're talking about games. You want to, you want to come back for more. But what what is the so that's, that's you want to have fun, right? Yeah. You want to enjoy the game. You want to be challenged. 
And you want to, when the game is over, you want to be thinking about it because you're going to come back to it. So you're talking kind of about like the gameplay. Yes, the well, gameplay. Overall experience too, right? You want to, it's something, even after the game is over, you're thinking about the game that you just played and yeah. what you want to do the next game. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's the continuation of the game after the game. So it leaves some sort of lasting impression in your mind yes. that makes you want to revisit it. Right. What about like in the individual? So like if, if when people review board games, they usually break it down into certain categories, like art, components, gameplay, things like that, like how well the rule book read, like how easy mm-hmm. was it to learn? Do you think those things come into play? They do, but I think the measurement criteria is really simple. It's fun. If you had fun when you played the game, it means you enjoyed the game. It means probably the game was good quality-wise, and it means you're going to play it again. So what makes you have fun during a game? I think being challenged, but also sort of having either the clickphoria or overcoming the challenge and winning, or at least enjoying the mechanic enough that the game tells a story. Something made you enjoy your time playing the game. And for gamers, like true gamers... To Manuel's point, games like Monopoly don't do that for us. We need something more. And so the bar is a little higher. That's why I use Exploding Kittens as an example, because I think you need to have you need to have like a respect for the game that you're talking about when you use the word classic. There's got to be serious quality in play. So he's talking about over being judged over a period of time. So I think that's a component right. too. So Quality over a period of time. What are your thoughts on, well, on that? That's yeah, definitely the replayability, right? So it doesn't matter how nice the components are if you don't want to keep playing it, right? So that's more of the gameplay, that that factor. It's a game that you're going to want to keep playing year after year, and it's not one that's just like, ah, yeah, played it enough. It's, it's like every time someone mentions it, oh, yeah, I'll play that. You want to have that feeling of excitement of, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm in. I'll it's play more it. than just that, though. I think that goes to the quality, but standing the test of time, it's that. But also, I think it has to be not replaceable. It, there can't be something else that comes along and obsoletes it, because once that happens, you can't you can't be discussed in the classic conversation anymore. Yeah. To be classic, I don't think you can be obsoleted. You have to be obsolete immune, <laughs> so that so that when other games come out, you don't stop playing. Right. The game we're talking about. So once you stop playing it, it's not classic, right? This yeah. has to be a game you'll come back to. If another game comes along that's better, you know, I mean, Battlestar Galactica is a, a, an example. There's games that have that similar mechanic. Would it be considered classic? No, I don't think so because, it, like you said, it was replaced. Yeah, I so, think it, it can't be obsoleteable. So what you're talking about is like resilience. Yes, the game has to be resilient to the the change. Like all the new games that are coming in. It's a good word. It can never, like you said, truly be replaced. Right. So, like, one game that comes to mind that maybe would fit this criteria is Shadows Over Camelot. So, I would assert that there are games that do the same thing. But I don't think it gets replaced. I think Yeah, that, but it's, that's not one of the games that I'm going, yeah, let's play Shadows Over Camelot. I am, though. Maybe that's just me, but it's, I don't think yeah. it is just me. Though. Well, but, but I don't think there's a right or wrong. And, sure. and I think Manuel wants us to talk about what we think are classic. If you think Shadows Over Camelot is classic, that's fair. I think you can make a good case for that. I'm probably more with Tim. I think there's other games. I, I've had too many experiences with that game that weren't fun, but I've had experiences that were fun, too. I do like the game overall. It's like borderline for me. 
Yeah. If, if I would consider. And actually, it this one wasn't on my list. It just popped in my head when you mentioned Battlestar because there was a while there where I had Shadows Over Camelot and Battlestar. And we always played both. But then when Dead of Winter came along, it replaced Battlestar. But we still play Shadows Over Camelot sometimes. It's true. And in, and in my collection, I couldn't. If I had to choose between those two, I'd probably get rid of Dead of Winter. Like I actually. Wow. It, it was there was a while there where it flipped, but then over time it flipped back to me liking Shadows better. So I feel like it 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 has that resiliency. Like I thought Dead of Winter was better because it was like the new hotness, but then the more I play, the more I realize I like Shadows a little bit better. I, is that the theme? What. You like the theme of Shadows better than the theme of Dead of Winter? There's a few things I like better. It could be the, the theme. Components. I, I think it's a little more lighthearted. It's a little more family friendly. It plays more players. I like the art a lot better. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. There's fair. It's a. I still like them both. I think they're both in my top ten still. But yeah, that would be one that was close to me as could potentially be a classic. So I have a game in my list that I would say is classic. It's very similar to what you just said about Shadows Over Camelot, because you could make a case this has been replaced or that it could be obsolete, but I don't think it has. And you made me think of it when you texted me from BGGCon, and that's Kalos. I think that other games have come along with the same mechanics. Yeah. But I think that Kalos is pretty resilient. I mean, this is a game that if you wanted to play, I would play. Uh, there's things about this game, minor things that haven't been duplicated, and it's very elegant. In the way it works. And I would make a case that I would put Kalos on the classic list. It's, I actually have it on my list too. Yeah. So yeah, I think I we're in agreement. Yeah, I agree on that one as well. And here's the great thing about Kalos. So I, I had on here that I thought, I think components are, at first I was thinking components and art would be important to me, but then you look at Kalos and that game is like butt ugly, doesn't really have great art or components, but. I have it on my list because I just played it again at BGG kind of after not playing it for over a year and realized how much I still love that game. Yeah. And, I, and you're right. I like, I just got a new game called architects of the West kingdom, which I backed specifically because I thought it could be a replacement for Kalos because has really nice art. It appeared just from the description that it was very similar. And, but we played it at BGG con and then we played Kalos like the next day and Kalos is a much better game. Architects was fun. It was like a fun worker placement game with some interesting mechanics, but it's nowhere near like the depth of Kalos. So I agree. Kalos is, is one that I think, uh, and when we were playing, I was, I was asking myself, does this design feel old or like outdated? And I didn't, I don't think it does. I really didn't think it felt outdated when I was playing. They could reboot the art and the theme. They could, if they like redid that, you know, just sort of refactored, remastered the game, but kept the mechanics the same. Uh, they could have a. I, I would buy it. Well, I'm hearing 2019. They are the right. designer is actually coming out with a new version of Kalos. But uh, I don't new, know. So that's the problem. Then we don't know. Like I heard that it, he's removing the pay a coin when you place a worker mm-hmm. restriction, which I think is one of the most interesting things. <laughs> yeah, I do. Is how gold is so limiting. Yeah. So I'll have to see how he does that. And I'm definitely going to try it. But it, sure. it's a hard. Uh, Hard sell for me to yeah. find find for it to be better than Kalos. Now, in Manuel's email, did he say what his list of classics were? I don't remember. He didn't. Okay. He's he's challenging us to come up with a new, something besides Monopoly, which is a good challenge. Sure. And and I do want to make this point. I do think he's right that classic shouldn't just mean that it breaks into the mainstream. Right. Well, and that was a mistake we made when we defined it. Yeah. I don't think we focused on quality as much as 
on longevity and standing the test of time, which Monopoly has done. And we also looked at pop culture versus the gamers, yeah, you know, the true gamers. And so now the way I'm approaching this, which if it isn't obvious by now, is what are like 10 games that I own that I don't think I'll ever get rid of and that I think I'll always still want to play even 10 or 15 years from now or 20 years from now? That's how I'm approaching what it. What else did you have in your list? So another game I had on my list was Puerto Rico. Oh, yeah. So yeah, that's a good one. Puerto Rico, I don't really think there's any game that is similar to Puerto Rico that we even play. It's a unique game still, even though it's so old. Like, that's can you think true. of anything that's like, quote unquote, replaced Puerto Rico? Tiny Epic Galaxy? I don't know. I, 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 I haven't played that in a long time, but. It's definitely not that similar. Are you saying that because of the follow mechanic? Yeah, the follow mechanic. I mean, there's other games that have done the follow mechanic, but there's a lot more. Like, there's a unique building selection yeah. in Puerto Rico. I don't know. Just the whole ship economy. There's, there's definitely there's there's multiple strategies to win that. You can you know focus on you know trying to produce stuff. You can focus on trying to ship stuff. You can focus on trying to sell stuff. So there's a bunch of different ways to go about that game that are very different from what other players are doing. So yeah, I, like I think I would agree. Yeah. I would agree with you on that one. And I, I think, didn't have it on my list, but I agree. Yeah, and, I didn't have that one either, but, and I think the data backs it up because this game's still in the top 20. And if I remember right, it was released in 2002. Oh. Wow. Well, and K- was 2005, if you can believe it. Yeah. So both of those games are over a decade old and yeah. they're still doing well. Yeah. Kalos is still in the top 50. I think. Mm-hmm. Puerto Rico is maybe even like the top 15 still. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah, that's, I think that's worthy. So what, what else did you have on your list? So another one I had on my list is Agricola. Now, I know that there have been other games that have come out to quote-unquote replace this, like Caverna, for example. But Caverna, to me... But Stone Age. ...is a little more bloated than Agricola. Well, of course. I agree with that. <laughs> what about Stone Age, though? Stone Age came out around the same time, actually, as Agricola. So maybe it was like the aren't year. they the same type of game though? They're they're similar, but again, Agricola is another one by the way that has stayed remained in the top twenty. It was number one for a really long time, and even though I I probably like Caverna maybe a little better, I think Agricola is going to outlast Caverna. Wait a minute. There's a lot of things in that yeah. sentence. We need yeah. we need to we need to unpack the sentence. Okay, sure. <laughs> so you you like Caverna better than Agricola? I think the theme is a little better, but I do think there's parts of Caverna that make it makes the game a little too long. And the, the main thing I'm thinking of is they have this adventuring system where you, you take your guys out to do these expeditions and it slows down the pacing of the game. Because when someone, ha- when someone takes that thing, you have to wait for them to pick four things off this card of like 20. Is that my Caverna? Yes, in Caverna. Well, but doesn't that make the case that Agricola is better? I think it does. That's why I'm saying I'm saying that I think Agricola is a better game, but I like Caverna more. I think Agricola is designed better. It's a better design. Why would you like Caverna more? If I think Caverna is more game? fun, but Agricola is a better design. So one of the games you think is a better game, but the other game you like better. You like the game that's not as good. I like the game that isn't as streamlined of a design. It's not as good, but it's, it's more right. fun to me. <laughs> so you like the the less good game is more fun. Right now, yeah, but but if I if I was gonna sit someone down and play a new game and I had to choose between Caverna and Agricola, I would choose Agricola. 
Well, that's because it's the better game. It's a little easier to learn. And well, but you don't need to learn it. It doesn't you're, take as you're long. Already, let's say you already know both It's not games. as daunting to, to understand. But Cavern is a better game. It's more fun. Cavern is a more fun game. Yeah. Agricola is the better game. Cavern is the more fun game. Right. <laughs> so the, the more fun game is the really long one? Yeah. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with a long game. Any, any other questions? I, I'm, I don't know if we got to the bottom of that. But <laughs> let's yeah, move on. Well, that's just uh, his opinion. He has more fun sure. playing. I mean, that's, well, let's that's move where on. it gets down to the opinion. All right, Tim, what's on your list? Uh, one of my ones that I, I don't know you guys are going to agree with is uh, Magic the Gathering. Why wouldn't we agree? I don't know because I because people are kind of checking out of that one. It seems so. <laughs> you know, I, I love I, the if, game. If I were to suggest sitting down and playing uh, a thing of magic, I'm not sure how many people would take me up. I oh, would really? do. Okay. I would do a booster draft or sealed deck. I don't okay. want to do constructed anymore. I think constructed, I'm checked out on. Yeah, because we tried that a couple of years ago, actually several years ago now, and it was. It's like. I could build any deck to beat any other deck, and so could somebody else. Correct. Because there's always counters to, to different decks. Sealed deck and drafting are fun. Yeah. That's like, that never gets old for me. I would totally do that. Yeah. So I know why you're saying this. We talked about we were selling some of our magic cards right, recently. Right. Dave and I were we trying to sell our rares off. Actually, I made just over 1,500 oh selling gosh. my rares. Yeah. yeah, And that's not all my rares. Those are only the ones that, were higher yeah. like i didn't want to i would love to I, if i could get rid of all of my cards i probably would and just start start over i would buy like new do new booster draft new yeah. sealed deck games i love the game i would keep playing so i i'm with okay. you on that yeah i so think I, magic is classic it's, it's it's been around for a long time already and it still holds interest there's still and there's a been a lot of challenge a lot of challenges a lot of changes a lot of new rules but they're all it's all kind of easy to pick up as you go you can go out and buy some magic cards today and and still be able to pick up the game without really reading the rules have to maybe read a couple of new abilities that you don't know about but then sit down play and yeah, I still think that it still stands the test of time. I, I still love Magic, and yeah, I, I'm kind of sad that uh, I don't get to play it as much as I used to. Well, maybe we should. I think yeah. I we, I think we should have one of our game nights. We should do we should retro game night. Do like a booster draft again. I would totally do that. Yeah. And to Ryan's point about the word resilience, that's a perfect word for this game. Yeah. Because there's a lot of CCGs that have come out. Oh, coming and gone, yeah. coming gone, and this one is still. The original is still the best yep. that's out there. Yep. So I'm I'm with you 100 on that. And I'm embarrassed to say I did not have that on my list. But if I would have thought of it, it would have been. So what's one you have on your list? Well, Kalis, I brought up. I actually would put One Night Ultimate Werewolf on there. I think that this is a classic game that has not been replaced. And I think if you take it in small doses, it's very fun. It's quick. I don't. I, don't, I mean. W- w- what has replaced it? Nothing has really replaced it. There's no other game like it. I've never done it's, the one night. Was it Alien? We've what, tried that. that. I, 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 I didn't, didn't, I didn't play it. that game. It's you know they but. did the vampire one, the Alien one. One Night Ultimate Werewolf is the best of them. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. We played actually. Ryan, you were in at the last game that we we wheeled it out and played like two games. Yeah, two or three, and yeah. it was fun, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Nathan wasn't there, so you know he's usually the one who doesn't like it. Sometimes a mod won't play it. So we all the people that showed up were all like, hey, let's let's do it, and it was fun. Yeah, no, it was good. So I would I would put that as classic. Do you think it's going to last though? Like I yes. I have a feeling that it would have been dethroned already. See, I feel like something might come out to replace it. That in the next few years, maybe. Like 
I don't know that it's being played everywhere like it used to. I, I feel like it's petering out. Yeah, I, I think I think they're the two next releases have not done as well, and I think they've they might have shot themselves hurt. in the yeah, foot. They might have hurt their genre oversaturating the market yes, with yeah. these with all the the follow ups. You know what they should have done in hindsight was just come out with more expansions for the werewolves, werewolves. yeah, and not come out with the other kinds. Yeah, they tried to add new mechanics and they just didn't work as well as just yeah. the base game. It's so, a very good game. So I did, the last one I backed was the vampire one, and there's some roles in there that don't have anything to do with the vampire mechanics and I'm thinking about just pulling those out and sticking them in the werewolf box. Yeah. Because then they're just extra roles that will fit. you can't use them with the app. No, you can. Oh, okay. Are, yeah. they in, are they in that app? Yeah, they're all in there. Oh. They're all, it's all the same app. Okay. So you can oh, mix and match all gotcha. of them. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I think that it's resilient. I don't think that anything's came along and obsoleted it. I think our gaming group likes this game probably more than Court of Public Opinion. I don't know. No? I don't know where it ranks, but it's a fun game. I mean, we have a pretty high bar in our group. Yeah. There's not a high tolerance for games that are subpar. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's a, you have a lot of fun playing this game, and it's quick. You're boom, boom, boom. So since you mentioned One Night Werewolf, I'm going to bring up one of mine, which is Werewolf, the original. Mm. This might be controversial. Well, this is controversial in this group. I know that. Yeah. But if you look at Witch Hunt, do you think that game could be considered a classic? I think it's superior. This is like the whole Agricola versus Caverna, I think. Yeah, and maybe this will... No, because the difference is that Witch Hunt isn't as popular. Yeah. It doesn't matter. So if it's better versus popular... Right. What if nobody knows about it? I mean, it's really hard to make the case that Werewolf is better than Witch Hunt. It's, right. It's really hard to make the case. Witch Hunt, you know, the the moderation is a lot of work. It's really not realistic for them to make this game publicly accessible to everybody. Right. So that everybody can <laughs> yeah. experience right. it. It's almost People, like going to an escape room. Yeah. You have to, it's like yeah. you have to go when they're moderating it to get the full experience because it seems so hard to do it yourself. It's even harder than that. I think it's like going to an escape room that can only exist for one week during the year in one place in the country. Right. Yeah. <laughs> because you can't replicate the, like they would have to have classes training people on how to moderate this game. Yeah. Because the moderating is complicated. The playing is not. And that's why the game is so fun. So I think that if it's just not realistic that it will explode. And if you think back, we had a lot of fun with Werewolf before we switched to Witch Hunt. And if we had never heard about Witch Hunt, we would still be playing Werewolf every Gen Con. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I don't think we stopped playing Werewolf because it was obsoleted. I think we stopped playing it because people weren't having as much fun playing yeah. it. I don't know. I feel like we swung over to the Witch Hunt group and then but we just stayed there. If Witch Hunt wasn't there, so let me ask, ask Tim this question. If Witch Hunt wasn't there, would we be playing games back in the, the hotel? Or would we be playing Werewolf? We would probably do games at the hotel, that's, I think. That's, what, that's to my point. I, I, I think maybe maybe we would squeak one night in just to do a couple. Yeah. But my, my biggest issue with there is, I mean, we were we were killing it the first several Gen Cons when we finally got introduced to it. But then as it started getting into the other places and then you get killed early and now... I'm waiting an hour and a half for you guys to get out of a game. And it just, it got to a point that when that happens, it is, it's so obnoxious and annoying that, that really tuned me out. Plus some of the times when it's like, it was a 45 minute discussion on round one. 
when you don't have any information and it's just, it's just like, just shoot me now. Just let's vote someone out and just move to the next round so we could actually get some information that we could be, find useful. Yeah. And it's that lack of, that lack of control over the rounds that kind of annoyed me. And then just, you know, because if, if I knew there were timed rounds and when I get voted out round one, I know that in 30 minutes the game will be over. Then it's a lot easier for me to stand around and watch the game and be interested. When the next round could be 45 minutes because it's untimed and I might be out of the game for two hours. I have a hard time sticking around. And then when I had to go play in another group, it was okay. It was fun, but it's definitely a lot. It's more fun when you're playing with your friends in the group. So, so I think we're looking at the convention experience versus, Oh, like if we had a group of 15 friends that play this, because when I was in college, we used to play this. I mean, we played, it was mafia at the time. Yeah. I mean, you would play over and over and over all night. And when you got voted out, you didn't care. You'd watch the whole game and be completely interested the whole time. I think that's, that's definitely a big experience. But I mean, that's where most of it is, right? I think that is the rarity. I think most of this is convention play. I don't see well, a lot of people having that group of people at home. I mean, we've tried well, to do it how many college. times? This is in college. Yeah. So I think this is where this game gets played a lot, actually, is mm-hmm. in like dorms and stuff like that. Student, student but you, centers. But you can't college. play it on your iPhone. So how are they doing it? <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know what's happening now these days. Uh, but I don't know. I think if you look at the Gen Con hall, there's a lot of people playing werewolves. Yeah, there so. definitely is. There's no it's, denying that. So as far as staying the test of time, this game has been around forever. I think it will continue to be played. And I would still play it. I know you guys aren't as, as keen on it as me. Yeah. But in my opinion, this is a classic and will continue to be a classic. Any other games you guys had on your list? Yeah, I have a couple more. So I have Cyclades on there. No, I knew that of one was going to be coming yeah. up. I, I, I mean, it's, 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 the best, it's the best game mechanic. It really hasn't been obsoleted by something else. It's different every time. The game is is really, you know, you can come back from being in last place. It's got every everything a good game should have. It's very cutthroat. The bidding mechanic is just very fair and balanced. And there's no other game like it that does what it does. For me, this is a classic game. When we were at BGGCon, it was like never in the library. People were checking it out, so I know other people are playing it. I think it's a classic game. I might be on my own, but it's just my opinion. I have one problem with this game, actually, with the rules of the game. It's the, the ability to cycle through those cards. Yep. If, you could, if there's some limit to that, I think I would maybe be more on board with this one, but it feels a little broken to me. So I don't agree, but I respect that opinion. Okay. So I'm, I'm an apologist for the game, so I'll explain why I think that's okay. You can prevent somebody from doing that by outbidding them on the highest god, mm-hmm. because whoever's the highest god, actually, that's not true. Zeus is the one that allows you to do that. So if, if somebody is in a position where they can cycle through and you're worried they're going to do it, aka Aras, you just prevent them from getting Zeus, and you can team up to prevent them from doing that. Yeah, but you're what you're not preventing is the second person in the lead getting Zeus and doing the same thing. Yeah, but they still have to... Uh, it costs gold to yeah. cycle through. It's not cheap. It's and cheap. You, you have to oh, win. it's cheap. Otherwise, you couldn't cycle you through. You have it. to pay. I think you have to pay for every card you discard. You have to pay gold, though. Yeah, that's, that's nothing. When, later in the not game, if when you have to pay a lot to 20? win the bid. Yeah, but so the you only need to pay is, so much. The, the key is keeping people from the bid. Uh, to, to me, uh, that's the one big downfall of that game, too. Is I, I've seen too many games won because someone cycled 15 cards to get to the one they wanted, and they won the game. Well, I think the key is removing Pegasus. Now, if you want to use nah, that... Is we the, did that. that, that but the last time it. we played, we didn't. Aras cycled through till he got Pegasus, right. stormed into my thing, and won. And this stupid card is broken. So but, I mean, that, that's just you. it, though. Is, is, 
Is it Pegasus that's broken? Yes. Or is it the cycling ability? Because you can prevent him from cycling. Yeah, but you know what? If, if I see Pegasus is in the card buying things, I can maybe prevent it before someone buys it. I mean, or you, you can't, you can't prevent someone from bidding all the time, right? Maybe I can prevent you from bidding, but I can't prevent Ryan from bidding. Well, so in the someone, end game, someone is going to get that cycle going. But in the end game, we always get in a situation where we're, we get, all the cards are on the table except for money, and you can see who is close to winning. And you can prevent that person from getting Aries or whatever. Yeah, but and there's the thing is usually, usually usually when that person is doing that, they have a couple options for winning, right? I'm gonna go get my fourth philosopher and I'm done. Sure. I'm gonna go do this and I'm done. So that's there's, why there's it's a couple easy, avenues. Easy to so you tell. Can't, but you can't prevent all of it, right? So but Zeus, someone's gonna get the cycling ability. But Zeus is stupid if it doesn't have that ability. There's Zeus has nothing good I think, about it. I think Zeus needs that ability, but there should be a limitation on it. It shouldn't be limited be unlimited on gold. Because, I mean, I've never seen anyone have to pay three gold to, to cycle the card. It's always like one gold. And they've got a stockpile because it's late in the game, so they've been stockpiling. And they go through 15 cards, find the exact card they need, and win the game. Yeah, I don't know. I I think if if you don't allow that, then Zeus is dumb. It kind of feels like um, like your argument about Rising Sun. Yeah. Like you, there's one way to win, and you just have to stop that, or the person's yeah. But win. people don't win that way every game. Like in Rising Sun, everybody wins by killing themselves, and in in Cyclades, you can win by getting Ares and getting your invasion, taking over the the Metropolis. You can win by getting the Philosopher with Athena, and you can win by cycling with Zeus. You could even win with Poseidon, potentially. How many or, games have you seen won by those other ways? Because I, I feel like a I've, lot. I've, Not Poseidon, but uh, Kronos for sure has won games. Mm-hmm. Ares for sure has won games, and Philosopher for sure has. So this is. Are you saying this is a classic for you, or you think this is a classic for the gamer community? I think it's a classic for the gamer community, but I will admit that my opinion's in the minority. Okay. I mean, if you think about the gaming community, I mean, I don't think the gaming community is behind Werewolf based on the feedback that we got. But I still, I think that you're case was i think you made a good case for it with cyclades there really isn't another game like it i don't see anything replacing it and i think people who don't know about the game should try it because it's really good and the people who really are into the game are really into it in our group there's a couple of us that love the game and we would play it every week if we could all right let's 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 each do one more and we'll wrap it up i also have king of tokyo Okay. The the ham sandwich is in it's in this list. That's a good choice. I, I think that, you know they tried adding on to it and trying new things. Just leave it alone. It's good the way it is. Yeah. It, it it does what it does. Yeah. And I think it it'll live on for a while. I'm with you on that one. I, I still enjoy that one. We break that one up. I would always play that one. That's a fun one. Tim, what's your last one? You have to tell me the name of the game. It's that tree game. The new tree game. Everdell. Everdell. Yeah. I'm or going photosynthesis. I'm, I'm going out there on a limb and saying Everdell. Wow, I'm thinking brand new. You're calling it a classic. I'm thinking, uh, wow, that's bold. It's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm going to call that one. It's, it's I haven't even unique. played it yet. It's uh, I, I love the the tableau building. I love the goals. I love the worker placement. It's got a lot of good pluses from a lot of different games, kind of meshed together. And played this one twice only so far, but both times have been very. I haven't won either one. Both times Whoa. have been very enjoyable. And this is one that if someone says, hey, you want to play it? I'm, I'm in. So this one, I'm, I'm calling this one might have the test of time going. Wow. Calling it early. That's bold. That's a bold prediction. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm a little shocked by that one. Yeah. That makes me want to try it now. I was a little surprised that you guys, 
like the first game you played seemed like it was really long. And then the next time you guys played, it was like very short. Yeah, we realized that in the first game, we actually did it wrong. Okay. So what we did in the first game is when you ran out of moves, we you stopped and you sat there and watched till everybody ran out of moves. What you're supposed to do is you advance to the next phase and you keep taking your turns. Oh. So that, what ends up happening is you're just ahead of people in the phases. So by the end of the game, you'll probably be done first, but then you're not waiting for each phase to end. That's just that explanation makes me interested that yeah. there's these phased. Yeah, that that was that took me a while to grasp that. Yeah. In fact, the first time I play, I played twice. The first time I played it, I I think came in last, and it was just a learning experience. And then I. Nathan convinced me to try it again, and so I did, and I loved it the second time. In fact, I think I won that game. And you have to, you really need to wrap your mind around the mechanic. It's different. There's a lot of different interactions and a lot of things that can go, and people can set up completely different engines, right? A lot of, a lot of people have a lot of stuff. You know, when they do something, their their tableau has a lot of things that fire off and give them benefits. And there's other people that are just concentrating on getting certain cards in their tableau that at the end will give them bonus points based on certain card types. So there's a lot of different. It's kind of hard to account for what everyone's doing, so it kind of makes it almost at the end. You're not sure who's going to win, and a lot of times it ends up pretty close, and someone just got that card that they needed for their combination, and you didn't. All right, Ryan, what's your last one? All right, my last one might be controversial. I'm not sure, actually. (laughs) You haven't had any controversial ones yet. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's totally sarcasm went over my head there. (laughs) So my last one is uh, Seven Wonders. Seven wonder digesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting. I don't know. We, we, I'm waiting for it to my, land. My problem is is when we've got that group of seven at the house, nobody ever wants to play that game. I wouldn't say nobody. I'll agree that it really hasn't been replaced. Right, I'll agree with that. My problem with Seven Wonders is just got too low of a dar factor for me. It's 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 the whole drafting. You're relying on getting card, other people not taking your cards, and there's a randomness to it that I don't like. But having said that, the game is very popular. The rules and the mechanics are very well made, other than the fact that they have those stupid symbols without explaining them. You yeah. have to keep re- reviewing the rules every time. But the game, it's elegant and it's simple. You can play with lots of people. It's there are a lot of good things about it, and it, it I would say it, it is resilient. Yeah. That, I mean, that was when I was thinking. So like I said, I was thinking of games that I think I would still want to play in like 15 or 20 years. And I think this is one of them, and I don't think it's just me. I think every time a drafting game comes out, people are comparing it to Seven Wonders still. Mm-hmm. And it's right now, true. I don't think anything has passed it as far as drafting games go. Well, plus the Seven Wonders, is it Duels? Or yeah, what Seven it's Wonders Duels. It was really good. Yeah. I, I actually like that better than the regular game. Yeah. I think you have a little more control over it, yeah. over what's happening. Yeah, and and honestly, I think maybe both of those could be considered yeah. potential classics, but Seven Wonders has been out longer, and I think it's already shown that it's uh, resilient. Mm-hmm. And you can make expansions for that. Yeah, actually, they're they coming have. out with a new one, Armada. It's like introducing ships or something. Okay. Hmm. So, in conclusion, what what are we saying here? We're saying that resilience is important, is that the most important factor? Well, quality. I think quality, resilience. Um, but, resilience. But, but to the Kalis, uh, you know, effect, uh, the quality. Uh, well, quality know, of the game. Well, not quality the of the game, yeah. But right. the game. Do you have fun when you play? Yeah. Yeah. And, and then resilience, I think, is the key component because it can't be replaceable. 
it's got to stand the test of time. And I think, I think quality and resilience, if you were boiling it down, distilling the two words, I think those two words would describe classic. And I think Manuel would agree. Let yeah. us know, Manuel. So Manuel, I hope we did this topic justice. And hey, you know what? Send us, send us yours. I want, I'm curious what you would consider classic. Yes. Yeah. Did you guys have any just to rattle off that we didn't discuss? Yeah, I had a couple of them on there, but the the ones on my list, I don't think anybody's going to agree with. I think <laughs> I think Captain Sonar is classic. Okay. Only because there's nothing like it, and you know, there's some people that love this game. I've read online. There are people that lo- they're like me that love this game. Nobody in our group, but um, I think maybe Nathan loves it, but. I lo- there's nothing like this game. There's just nothing like it. I don't think it will be replaced. I would play this every game night if mm-hmm. we could get a consensus. So that would be on my list. I think uh, you could make a case for Decrypto, even though that's kind of new. I just see think like that's hard to replace that game. Yeah, yeah. From a resilience standpoint, it's just so elegant and very well made, and the the designer is brilliant. There's games I don't like that I think are classic, which may be what Ryan was trying to say earlier, like Mysterium. It's okay. I mean, I, I don't dislike it, but Mysterium, what other games like that are there? I mean, that, that's Code pretty, games. Uh, it's not really the same. I don't think it's... Well, it, the whole concept of one person's giving clues to the other. pictures, you mean? And they have to like figure out... Codename pictures is a lot like Mysterium because the, there's obscure art, but... Yeah. Um, murder in Hong Kong, Deception, Murder in Hong Kong is another one. Okay, so Someone. maybe maybe there are, but I don't think those have replaced Mysterium. I think Mysterium is still the best of those. Yeah. So I'll rattle off a couple. I'm not going to go into in depth on them, but I think Power Grid, Ticket to Ride, Catan, Pandemic, Sellers of Catan is a good one. Yeah. So this is this is a gateway game, though. Would this be considered too mainstream, or would this be considered a ga- like we never play this right in our game night? So would this qualify? I, I think it would because it's still a modern board game. Yeah. It has to the test of time, even with board gamers. Like, we never play it, though. When was the last time we played this as a group? Gen Con. The Guinness Book of World Records yeah, game. That's, that's it. the last time. This yeah. is like one of Sarah's favorite games. I know that. Yeah, I don't know why but we When was the last time that? we played with her? No, you're right. We haven't yeah. played it. And, and when I think of who I would play it with, it would probably be my family, not my yes, game group. Yes, that's my point. Yeah. So I think it's an it, it's a good choice, but I just don't know if it qualifies. Yeah, and that one could have been an interesting discussion if that mm-hmm. that's really is it too mass market or not. I, I don't know. Yeah. And then I actually did have Scythe on my list. I did too. Yeah, I I, think I wrote it, it down. A, I don't feel strongly about it, but I think you can make a case. I think it has a chance of uh yeah. of lasting. Yeah. The only one that I had was the Wards of Waterdeep. It's one Ooh. of those kind of I, I agree with that one, actually. That one, you know, this got a lot of interesting aspects. The worker placement, you got the adventures that you're going on, you've got the special rules from your guy. It's kind of unique. It's streamlined. It's streamlined. It's one of those that if someone's, hey, you want to play it? I'm, I'm in. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you except for the resilience. I think it's a question mark if it's resilient. We'll have to see. Yeah. Yeah. If, if it is resilient, then I, I think you're, you're right. But we'll have to wait and see if some, if something else comes along. It seems like something could come along like that. It seems like something could, but nothing has. Nothing yet, has so. yet. It's All good, right, good good choices. Well, thanks once again, Manuel, for the feedback, and we really enjoyed this discussion. And that wraps up episode forty-seven. So, if you want to find us, come to our website at outofgamepodcast.com. You can join our BGG Guild nineteen ninety. By the way, don't forget about our contest. Yeah, deadline come, February 1st. Deadline February 1st. Um, you want to go to our Facebook page to find the rules of the contest. Yep. 
You can also find us on Twitter or Stitcher at OG Podcast. Join our Facebook group. Send us an email at outofgamepodcast at gmail.com. You can still leave us a voicemail. We have not decommissioned the voicemail. It is at 40OOG80. For great games and amazing prizes, shop at CoolStuffInc.com. And for more great podcasts of the Dice Tower Network, go to DicetowerNetwork.com. Good night. Good night. Good night. Cherry Dr. Pepper is pretty good. It's pretty good, isn't it? It's legit. Yeah, I, I said I'm going to try this, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm getting yeah, more of this yeah. stuff. I love Dr. Pepper. It's good. I just... Me too. Something with it is just... Yeah. Jess doesn't like it. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah. It's like, no. Nah. let her try cherry. I don't, I don't think she would just because it says Dr. Pepper. I'd have to, like, cover this up, and maybe she would think it's, like... <laughs> Put it in a glass. Cherry Pepsi or something, then maybe she should try it, but... Oh, were you were we recording? Are we ready no, to I was go? just trying to think someone should make, like, a fake Dr. Pepper that's, like... I don't know. Dr. Mrs. Salt. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't think of an opposite of doctor. Professor Salt. Professor Salt. There you go. What is the opposite of a doctor? (laughs) Dropout. Homeless Salt. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Or you go on the wrong line, you know, instead of a pepper, it's uh, an apple. Oh, you're going that route. You could go that route, huh? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mrs. Broccoli. Mrs. (laughs) <laughs> Actually, an NPC named Broccoli once. Did you really you remember that? I remember delight. Broccoli. You had to cut yeah. his hair. That yeah. was his weakness. Yeah. I also remember that your children were. The My result. daughter came up with that. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Welcome to episode forty-seven of Out of Game. <laughs>